for us in the Bible. Thank you for the book of John. Thank you for the text that we're about to study. I just pray that you'd help us all to understand what's being taught and to be able to make uh, just a, a decision, Lord, as to what, what we believe about this, this text here. It's a very important doctrine. You're precious in my prayer. Amen. Alright, John chapter number 1. Like I said, we're starting a, a Bible study in the book of John. And you know, one of the most uh, important doctrines, if not the most important doctrine in, for a Christian, is the doctrine of the Word of God. And that's what John chapter number 1, uh, the beginning of John chapter number 1, deals with. Uh, the Bible tells us about God. The Bible tells us about salvation. The Bible tells us about who we are. The Bible tells us uh, where we came from and where we're going. And, and so we must know uh, that we have the Word of God if we're going to be able to know those things. If we're going to be able to know salvation. If we're going to be able to know who we are. If we're going to be able to know where we came from. If we're going to be able to know where we're going. We must know that we have a Bible that we can trust. We must know that we have the Word of God. And John chapter number 1 deals with all that. Uh, so we're going to study this subject in John chapter number 1. It won't be very long, uh, but I want, you, I want you to listen. Point number 1, there's not even an introduction, that really was the introduction. Point number 1 is this, we've got to know, who is the Word? Who is the Word? Look down at verse number 1. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. Do you see that? John chapter number 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So we're asking the question, who is the Word? Well, number 1, the Word is God. Obviously, we saw it there in, in uh, verse number 1 and 2. The Bible says that the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, how, how can that be? Just think about it logically. How could it be that the Word is with God and the Word was God? Well, the reason for that is because the Word is part of the Trinity. The Trinity is what... You won't find the word Trinity in the Bible, but the Trinity is what we... It's a doctrine where we talk about the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Uh, where we talk about three different people who are all God and they're God at the same time. And the Word is part of that Trinity. That's why the Bible says in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God because uh, the Word is part of the Trinity. Let me show it to you. If you take your Bibles please and go with me to 1 John. If you're in the New Testament you want to go towards the end of your Bible. 1 John. We're in John chapter number 1. You want to go towards the end of your Bible, right before the book of Revelation. If you get to the very last book of the Bible, you're in the book of Revelation. The very next book before that is the book of Jude. And then you'll have 3 John, 2 John, and 1 John. So we want you to be in 1 John chapter number 5. 1 John chapter number 5. And let's look at what the Bible says in verse number 7. 1 John chapter number 5. And let's look at what the Bible says in verse number 7. The Bible says, in 1 John chapter number 5, and verse 7, it says, For there are three that bear record in heaven. Do you see that? 1 John chapter number 5, verse 7. The Bible says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And look what it says, And these three are one. So you say, well, how is it that the Word is God, and the Word is is with God. Well, the Bible says that there's three. There's the Father, there's the Word, and there's the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. That's what we've named the doctrine of the Trinity, and the Bible makes it very clear that the Word is part of the Trinity. 
So who is the Word? We're trying to answer that question. Who is the Word? Number one, the Word is God. We know that the Word is God because He's part of the Trinity. Number two, go back to John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. That's where we're going to be for uh, the most of the evening. John chapter number one. John chapter number one. Who is the Word? The Word is God because He's part of the Trinity. Uh, number two, the Word is God because the Word is the Creator. The Word is God because the Word is the Creator. Look at verse number three. This is all really by way of introduction. We, we have to understand this in order to be able to get the message. The message is really short. But verse number uh, number 3 in John chapter number 1, the Bible says, about the Word. So remember it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Look what it says in verse number 3. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Now drop down at verse number 10 in the same chapter, John chapter number 1, and look at verse number 10. The Bible says, He, referring to the Word, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. Now in the context, because we read the, the, you know, all of those verses, in the context that He is still referring to the Word. So in John chapter number 1, verse number 3, and in John chapter number 1, verse 10, the Bible says that He was in the world, and the world was made by Him. Talking about the Word. Verse 3 says, All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made. So we understand that the Word is God. Number 1, the Bible says He's God. The Bible says He's with God, and the Bible says He was God, but also the Bible says that He created everything. And if you were here uh, on, on Sunday night, then you remember we were uh, in Genesis chapter number 1. And Genesis chapter number 1, verse 1, the very first verse in the Bible, the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. So, John chapter number 1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. John chapter number 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. And we understand that that's the same person. The Word and God are the same person. I want you to understand that. So who is the Word? He's God. But even more than that, who is the Word? He's Jesus Christ. The Word is Jesus Christ. Me. Let me show you this. Go to Matthew, please. The very first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter number 28. Matthew chapter number 28. Just find where the New Testament starts. And it's the very first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter number 28. Let me show you another verse that has to do with the Trinity. Proving that the Word is Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter number 28 and look at verse 19. Matthew chapter 28 and look at verse 19. The Bible says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now if you remember, when we were in 1 John chapter number 5, verse 7, you don't have to go back there, I'll read it for you, but if you remember... One of the first verses we looked was 1 John chapter number 5, verse 7. The Bible says, For there are three that bear record in heaven. And it says, The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. Well, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, which was in 1 John 5, 7, right? But then it says, And of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. John 5, 7 said, The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. So what is that, who, who is that center person that was once called in, in 1 John 5, 7, uh, the Word, but in, in Matthew 28, 19, it's the Son. You see that? 
So, according to the Bible, the Word is not only God, because the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. According to the Bible, the Word is God, because He created all things, which we know from Genesis 1.1, God created all things. But also, from Matthew 28.19, we see that the Word and Jesus Christ are interchangeable. So, the Word and Jesus Christ are the same person. In these verses, the Son and the Word are interchangeable because they're the same person. The Word of God is also, just as more proof that uh, John is, that the Word is Jesus Christ, the Word is described in the same way that Jesus Christ is described. Go, go back to John chapter number 1. John chapter number 1. And Wednesday nights are really more of a Bible study. We just want to learn uh, from, from this book. And I really want you to understand this, this uh, doctrine, because it's a very important doctrine. And, and you've got to understand these foundational principles in order to be able to understand uh, the sermon tonight, alright? So I want you to understand this. The Word is God. Does that make sense? The Word is God. But also, the Word is Jesus Christ. Let's, let's look at this more. John chapter number 1. The Word of God is described in the same way that Jesus Christ is described. The Word of God is described in the same way that Jesus Christ is described. The Word of God... Uh, look at verse number 4. In John chapter number 1. Are you in John chapter number 1? Look at verse number 4. The Bible says, In Him... We're still talking about the Word. He's still the subject. In Him was life. Do you see that? I want you to remember that word. Life. And the life was the light of men. I want you to remember that word. Light. It says life and light. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now look down at verse number 9. John chapter number 1, and look at verse 9. The Bible says, That was the true light, still talking about the word, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So we see from John chapter number 1, verses 4, 5, and 9, that the Word is described as the life, and is described as the light. Now, just real quickly, if you're able to, go to John chapter number 14. You're in John chapter number 1, so just come over to John chapter number 14, and look at verse number 6. John chapter number 14, and look at verse number 6. John chapter number 14, verse number 6, the Bible says, Jesus saith unto him, because it's Jesus speaking, and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the, do you see that word? It says, life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, according to John chapter number 1, and verse 4, the Bible says, in him, talking about the word, was life. But Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So just more proof that the Word... I, I'm just trying to give you proof from the Bible that the Word and Jesus Christ are the same person. They're described the same way. Look at... You're in John chapter 14. Look at John chapter number 8. You're in John chapter number 14. Look at John chapter number 8. The Bible says in verse 12. John chapter number 8 in verse 12. The Bible says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Do you see how Jesus Christ described himself as the light? He said, I am the light of the world. But if you remember, John 1.5 says that the word was the light. So just, again, I, I, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. I'm just trying to show you from the Bible, from John chapter number 1, that Jesus Christ is the word. 
and Jesus Christ is God. Because we're trying to answer the question, who is the Word? Let me show you just one more thing, and, 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 uh, and, we'll, finish, I, and we'll finish with this point, because I don't want to uh, spend all night on this. I'm, I'm just trying to make sure you understand this. John chapter number 1, and look at verse number 14. John chapter number 1, and look at verse 14. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter number 1, and look at verse 14. The Bible says, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and look what it says, And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Do you see that word, only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth? Let me just read to you a verse, most famous verse in the Bible, you've probably heard it many times. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, talking about Jesus Christ, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So according to the Bible, the Word, because John 1.14 is still subject to the Word. The Bible says, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. John 1.14 says that the Word is the only begotten of the Father. John 3.16 says that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son. Acts 13.33 says, God has fulfilled the same unto us, uh, uh, unto us their children, and that He hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second Psalm, Thou art my Son, this day have I begotten thee, talking about Jesus Christ. So we understand that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son, and we understand that the Word is the only begotten of the Father. So Jesus Christ is the Word. I just want you to know that. So we must understand this. The Word... Who is God? Do you understand that? Did we see that? Is that pretty clear in the Bible? That the Word is God? The Word who is God and Jesus Christ is also, the reason that He's called the Word is because He's the Word of God. The Word of God. Now when I'm talking about the Word of God, I'm talking about the Bible. The Bible you have in your hand. Now, the difference between, and, and, and this might be too much, but the difference between the Word as a person, in John chapter number 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word of God, which the Bible refers to as the Scripture, is, is really none. People, people, people like to say, well, the Word is just like the name of Jesus. It's just like another name for Jesus. They say, like, that's His name. His name is the Word. But they say that that's not referring to the Bible. But let me, let me show you. And I, you don't have to turn there, but I just want to read some verses to you. When the Bible says, the Word of God... Uh, lowercase w, Word of God, it's referring to, uh, you know, the Scriptures, the, the written Word of God. Um, let me show that to you. You don't have to turn there, I'll just read this verse for you. Hebrews 13.7 says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the Word of God. So, the Bible says that they spoke unto you the Word of God, because it was obviously a, a written Word. It was words that they could read, so they spoke unto the Word of God, whose faith followed, considering the end of their conversation. So we see there an example, that the Word of God was talking about a written Word. Well, the Word in the flesh, and which is Jesus Christ, and the written Word, which is the Word that can be spoken unto you, is the same Word. Do you remember that we saw that the Word... That the Word of God created everything? Do you remember that? In John chapter number 1? It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the same, and the, uh, all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Well, look at this. Go to Hebrews, just real quick. Hebrews, 
if you can if you can get there. Hebrews 11, because we want to do it fast. There's a lot of other stuff we want to talk about. But Hebrews chapter number 11, and look at verse number 3. Hebrews 11, and look at verse number 3. The Bible says, Through faith we understand that the world were framed by the Word of God. That's lowercase w, Word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 3, Through faith we understand that the world were framed by the Word of God, talking about the written Word of God, not the capital Word of God referring to Jesus Christ. So the Word of God, you know, uh, capital W in John chapter number 1 says that He created everything. But lowercase w here in Hebrews says that he created the world also. Does that make sense? Look at Second Peter. Look at Second Peter. If you're in Hebrews, just want to keep going towards the end of the Bible. You're going to pass up the book of James, and then you're going to go to the book of First Peter, and then just you'll be in Second Peter, just a few pages down. Second Peter, and look at verse uh, chapter number three. Second Peter, chapter number three. And look at verse 5. 2 Peter chapter number 3. And look at verse 5. The Bible says, For this they willingly are ignorant of that, now look what it says, by the word of God. That's a lowercase w. Supposedly referring to the scriptures, which it is. Referring to the written word of God. The spoken word of God. It says, For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the waters and in the waters, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So I'm, I'm just trying to show you, this is really just all introduction for the sermon, but I, I'm trying to show you, the Word is God. The Word is Jesus Christ. But the Word of God, the written Word of God, is also the same Word of God that John chapter 1 is talking about. Because the Word of God in John chapter number 1 created all things. And the written word of God in Hebrews and the written word of God in Second Peter says that God by His word formed the earth. That's why it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He spoke them into existence with His word. So the same words that God spoke are the same which created the universe is the same word that became flesh and dwelt among us. Does it, do you see that? That's, a very, that's something very important for you to understand. So if we understand that the Word, and here's another point, and I don't really want to go into it because I have other things I want to get into, but the Word of God is the one that saves you. The Word of God is the one that saves you. If you remember, if, you're, if you go back to John chapter number 1 and look at verse 11, the Bible says, He came unto His own and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, still talking about the Word, as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So the Bible says in John chapter 1, verses 11 through 13, that the Word of God saves you. If you receive the Word of God, it gives you the power to become the sons of God. But uh, I'll just read these verses for you. 1 Peter 1, 23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, referring to the Scripture, 
If you want to study it out in the Bible, every time the Bible uses the word seed, it's talking about uh, the, the scriptures, talking about the word of God, the written or spoken word of God. It says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse 23 says that you get born again by the written or spoken word of God. John chapter 1, verses 11 through 13 says that you are given the power to become the Son of God by the capital word, Jesus Christ, in, in the flesh. Does that make sense? So, again, we're seeing, you need the written word to get saved, you need the physical word to get saved, which is Jesus Christ. Just one more point to show you. Romans ten seventeen says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So God says, your faith comes by hearing the word of God. Obviously talking about a spoken word, because you're hearing it. So that written word, that Bible that is written, that we can read and speak, God says that you get saved, you have faith when you hear that word. You get born again when you hear that word. But in John chapter number 1, He says, if you receive the word, He gives you power to become the sons of God. So you need the physical word, Jesus Christ, the person, the word, to get saved. You also need the written word to get saved. They're given the same attributes. The written word created the universe. Jesus Christ, the word, created the universe. The written word gives you faith, or is the, is the means by which we get faith that saves us, because uh, we hear the, the word, and, uh, and, and faith comes by that. So, the written word is what gives us the power to be born again, but then Jesus Christ, the word, when we receive Him, He gives us the power to be born again. So, you're, you see that they're, they're given the same attributes because they're the same person. So now we understand that the Word is God. The Word is Jesus Christ. Amen. And the Word is the Bible. Is the written Word. The spoken Word. The Word that you can speak. The Word that you can read. The Word that God spoke when He gave His Bible. So then, you say, well, what's the point of all that? Well, here's the point. If God is the Word, and Jesus Christ is the Word, and the Bible is the Word, and they're all the same thing, then the Bible, like Jesus Christ, and like God, or, well, not like God, but like Jesus Christ, must come from God. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was the only begotten of the Father. So, Jesus Christ is the only person that came from God, the Father. And if Jesus Christ came from God, then uh, our Bibles have to come from God. If Jesus Christ is the Word, and the Word is Jesus Christ, if Jesus Christ came from God, then our Bible has to come from God. Well, let me give you a verse on that. You don't have to turn there. But 2 Peter 1.21 says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake. You see that? Well, you're not seeing it if you don't turn there. But the Bible says they spake, talking about the written, a written word, it's actual words that you're speaking with your mouth, it says, But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So, the words came from the Holy Ghost, who was part of the Trinity, and Jesus Christ came from the, from Jesus from God, the Holy Ghost, God the Father, because He's the only begotten of the Son. If the Word and Jesus Christ and God are the same person, then the Bible, like Jesus Christ, must be without error, must be without mistake, 
must be without sin. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, the Bible says about Jesus Christ, that He who knew no sin when He died on the cross became sin for us. But before He died on the cross and He became sin for us, the Bible says that Jesus Christ knew no sin. The Bible says that Jesus never sinned in His entire life. And if Jesus Christ had to be perfect, because you understand that Jesus Christ had to be perfect to die for our sins. When Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for my sins, He had to be perfect because otherwise He couldn't die for me. I can't die for you. I couldn't say, uh, God, uh, you know, I, uh, Mason here, I, I, I like him. He's a good guy. He's such a nice guy. I want to die for Mason so that Mason doesn't have to die and go to hell. I want to die in his stead. Do you think God would let me do that? The answer is no. Why not? Because God can't allow me to die for his sin because I've got my own sins to die for. Does that make sense? Mason can't die for me because he's got his own sins to die for. But Jesus Christ was able to die for me on the cross because He never sinned. He's able to die. The Bible says that our iniquities were laid upon Him. The Bible says that by His stripes we are healed. The Bible says that He became sin for us. He took our sins upon Him because He had no sin. So He was able to take our place. And if Jesus Christ was perfect, the capital W word, then the Word of God, the spoken Word of God has to be perfect also if they're the same person. Does that make sense? Do you understand that? Not only that, but the Bible, like Jesus Christ, like God, then must be eternal or preserved. The Bible says about Jesus Christ that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the Alpha and the Omega. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the beginning and and the end. The Bible says that He's the first and the last. The Bible says that He's forever. He's eternal. He had no uh, beginning. He has no uh, mother or father. And He's eternal. And if Jesus Christ, the Word in the flesh, is eternal, then the written Word has to be eternal also. Because they're the same person. Remember, the written Word created the earth just like Jesus Christ did. And the written Word uh, gives us salvation just like Jesus Christ does. So if Jesus Christ is eternal, then the Word of God has to be eternal. Or another word for that is preserved. Let me read this verse for you. Psalms 12.6 says, the, world, the, the words of the Lord. Psalm, actually, I, I want you to see, these, see, see this. Go with me, please, to the Old Testament. Psalms. Psalm 12. If you take your Bible, and you just open it right down the center, you're going to go to the book of Psalm. You'll be, you should be in the book of Psalm. If you open it right down, just in the center of the Bible, Psalm and look at Psalms 12. Psalm 12. And look at verse number 6. Psalm 12, verse number 6. The Bible says, the, word of the, Lord, the, the words of the Lord are pure words. That word pure means perfect. It means w- without blemish. It means without error. It says, the words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth... Purified seven, t- seven times. Now look at verse number 7. It says, Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So the Bible says that God, when He says Thou, He's talking about the Lord. It says, God is going to keep the Word. It says that God is going to preserve the Word. Talking about His written Word. So see, according to the Bible... The Word of God, the Bible, should be eternal, should be preserved. And whose job is it, according to Psalms 12, to preserve that Word? It's the Lord. 
It's the Lord's job to preserve the Word. It's the Lord's job to keep the Word. See, we believe, I said this on Sunday morning, we believe that God is powerful enough, and people believe that God is powerful enough to inspire His Word, in order to, uh, to speak His words to, to, to men, and those men spoke the same words that they heard from God, and then they wrote those words down, and the Bible, in its, uh, in its original language, was perfect, and came directly from God, and we believe that, but then we don't believe that that same God can use men to translate His Word and to preserve His Word, when the Bible very clearly says that God can do it. It's God's job to keep the Word. It's God's job to preserve the Word. Amen. Not man. Man can't preserve something eternal. There's nothing about man that can preserve something eternal. You can't preserve a house eternally. We try to, you know, we have all these updates that we do on our houses because we try to keep them up, but they're, they're going to get destroyed because we're sinners. But God can preserve something for eternity. And if He has the power to give us something pure, then He has the power to keep something pure. So therefore, if we understand what we're, I'm trying to teach you here, if God is the Word, and Jesus Christ is the Word. And the written Word is the same as the physical Word, which is Jesus Christ. Then God is the Bible. Does that make sense? Then God, then Jesus Christ is the Bible. Now when I say that, I'm not talking about this physical book. I'm not talking about the leather and the binding. I'm not talking about the pages and the ink on the pages. I'm talking about the actual words. According to the Bible, God is the words that He gave us. And if God is the Word, then there can be only one. Because there's only one God. There's only one Word. There's only one Jesus Christ. And I, and I really want, and this is really the, the point of the sermon right here. I, I said this on Sunday morning about, you know, how do you know which one, how do you know that you have the Word of God? When there's so many Bible versions to pick from. There's the King James Version. There's the New International Version. There's the New King James Version. There's the uh, American Standard Version. There's the Amplified Version. There's the, uh, you know, all sorts of different versions that you can pick from. How do you know which one of those is the Word of God? Because there can only be one. If you remember the statement I made on Sunday morning, is things that are different are not the same. So if you've got two things that are different, then they're obviously not the same thing. So if God gave us His Word one time, if God said one thing, and we've got two books that both claim to be the Word of God, but they say different things, and one of them is going to be lying to us. How do we know which one is the Word of God? Well, the Bible says that we can, we should be able to compare spiritual things to spiritual things. Like an example, we did that when we were looking at the Trinity. And we went to uh, 1 John, and we saw that the 1 John described the Trinity as the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And then we went to Matthew 28, and we saw that in Matthew, the Trinity was described as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So we took two verses which were spiritual, and we compared them, and we were able to learn something, right? We were able to learn that Jesus Christ and the Word are the same person, because they're interchanged. The Father was the same, the Holy Ghost was the same, but in one there was the Word, and in one there was Jesus Christ. We compared the Scriptures, and we were able to see that they agreed, because they're just interchanged, and they're the same person. Well, we should be able to do the same thing with these different Bibles. If we take all these different Bibles and compare what they say, we should be able to see what 
is the true Word of God. And um, I want to I just show you a few verses, because here at Verity Baptist Church, we believe that the King James Bible is the Word of God. We're not uh, ashamed of that, we're not embarrassed of that. That's our stand. We believe that the King James Bible is uh, preserved. We believe that it's inspired. Uh, we believe in the English language. It is the Word of God. Now, that's not to say that there isn't a Word of God in another language. There obviously can be a Word of God in Spanish or in Russian or in any other language. But we believe that in, in, the, in the English language, which is what we're speaking tonight, that the King James Version of the Bible is the Word of God. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, we've got to do is compare the other Scriptures. And I want to do that. Now, I don't want to... Uh, obviously, we don't have the time to go through all the different Bible versions, but I, I have here a new international version of the Bible, the NIV. This... This uh, version of the Bible is the most widely used in our day. So I just thought, let's just grab the one that most people are using tonight. Uh, you know, well, not tonight, because most churches aren't having church tonight. But the Bible that most uh, churches are using uh, is this new international version. It's the most widely used. Uh, you may have one at home. And, and let's just go ahead and compare the King James Version of the Bible, which has been around since... 1611, for 400 years, uh, it, you know, it's been tried, and it's been tested, and it's been used for the last 400 years in the English-speaking language, and then let's look at this new international version, which is obviously a lot younger, and let's just compare a few verses, okay? So go ahead and go to your Bibles, go to the book of Mark, I want you to go to Mark, Matthew, Mark, Mark is the second book of the Bible. Now, we understand that we have to have a perfect Bible. This, this argument that, that says that, that well, the Bible, uh, it was perfect when God gave it to us, but it's no longer perfect because men have translated it, that doesn't work. Because Jesus Christ is the Word. And if the Bible isn't perfect, then that saying Jesus Christ isn't perfect, then we're not saved. Does that make sense? So we have to have a perfect Bible. And we have to be able to complain, uh, compare the Bibles to be able to know which one is the perfect Bible. So I want you to go to Mark... Now, hopefully tonight you've got a King James Bible in your hand. But if you don't, that's fine. If you've got an NIV in your hand, then you'll be able to see exactly what we're talking about. But let's just go ahead and compare some of these scriptures so you can see what we're talking about. Mark chapter number 1. Are you there? I want you to see these verses, so I want you to get there. Mark chapter number 1. Matthew, Mark. Mark chapter number 1. And look at verse number 2. Look at verse number 2. Mark chapter number 1, and look at verse number 2. The Bible says, As it is written, in the prophets... Now this is the King James Version that I'm reading right now. As it is written, in the prophets... Now that's plural. Prophets. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall appear... Which will, excuse me, which shall prepare thy word before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness... Prepare you the way of the Lord, make His path straight. Now let me read for you Mark chapter number 1 in the New International Version. Mark chapter number 1 and verse 2 in the New International Version. The Bible says, It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for Him. You say, well, well I understand, what's the difference? Well, here's the difference. Mark chapter number 1 verse 2 in the King James Version says, As it is written in the prophets. Mark chapter number 1 and verse number 2 in the New International Version says, says um, It is written in Isaiah the prophet. You say, well what's the big deal? Here's the problem. 
Mark is about to quote to us from the Old Testament. Now the King James says, as it is written in the prophets. It doesn't say Isaiah the prophet. He says the prophets, plural. It could be two different prophets. He says, and, and then he gives us this quote, Behold, I send my messengers before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now here's, a, here's what's so important about that. Is that those are two different prophets that are being quoted there. Allow me to read to you. Malachi chapter number 3 and verse 1 says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But Malachi chapter number 3 and verse 1, the first part of that verse says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, which is the beginning of verse 2. It says, As it are in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before me. So Mark chapter number 1 verse 2 is quoting... Malachi chapter number 3 verse 1. Now let me read for you this. Isaiah chapter number 40 verse 3 says, The voice of him that cried in the wilderness, Prepare you the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Isaiah chapter number 40 verse 3. Well that's the second part of that quote. Look at verse 3 in Mark chapter number 1. It says, The voice of one cried in the wilderness, Prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So in the King James Version of the Bible, when Mark chapter number 1 verse 2, I really hope I'm not confusing you. But the Bible says, as it is written in the prophets. He said in the prophets because he's quoting two different prophets. He quotes first Malachi chapter number 3 verse 1. Malachi the prophet. And then in verse 3 he quotes Isaiah chapter number 40 verse 3. Isaiah the prophet. So the King James Version says that he's quoting, as it is written, in the prophets. Which is a correct statement. He's quoting two different prophets. But Mark chapter number 1 and verse 2 says... It is written in Isaiah the prophets, and then he begins to read to quote Malachi, which is the wrong prophet. So I've got to ask you this question. That's just the first first example. I've got a lot of examples to show you, but I've got to ask you the question: Can we trust this New International Version as being without error when we very quickly see an error? The King James Bible said prophets, and it quoted two different prophets. The New International Version said Isaiah the prophet and they quoted Malachi. And then Isaiah. So is it perfect? We've got to have a perfect Bible. Because the spoken Word of God, the written Word of God, is the same as the Word which became flesh. And that Word which became flesh had to be perfect to give us salvation. So this book has to be perfect to give us salvation. Let me show you another example. You're in Mark. Go to Luke, please. Matthew, Mark, Luke. The very next book of the... The very next book. And look at Luke chapter number 2, verse 33. Luke chapter number 2, and verse 33. I have to get there in both of these. Luke chapter number 2 and verse 33. Luke chapter number 2 and verse 33. And let's see. Now look at what it says. Now the King James Version says this, And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him, talking about Jesus Christ. Now the King James Version says, 
that Joseph and his mother, referring to Mary, marveled at those things which were spoken of Jesus Christ. Let me read to you what Luke chapter number uh, 2 and verse 33 says in the New International Version. It says, The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. You say, well, what's the big deal? Well, here's the big deal. Was Joseph the father of Jesus Christ? Or was it God the Father? Do you remember John 3.16? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Jesus Christ was the begotten Son of the Father. He came from God. Joseph was not His father. Now, Joseph was his stepfather, but God, in the Bible, is very clear. He refers to Mary as his mother, because Mary physically gave birth to Jesus Christ. But he refers to Joseph as Joseph. He says, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things. But the New International Version says, the father uh, refers to Joseph as his father. Now, if Joseph was the father of Jesus Christ, then what was special about Jesus Christ? I have a father, my father is right here. Does that, am I God? I'm not God. You have a father. You have a mother. You came physically from a person. So that you're just a person. If Jesus Christ, He was God because He was born of a virgin. He was born of a virgin because He had no physical father. His father was God the Father. He was begotten of God. But this new international version doesn't seem to know that. This new international version wants us to believe that Joseph was his father. A direct attack on the deity of Jesus Christ. You want more proof? Look at Luke chapter number 2, verse 43. Look at Luke chapter number 2, verse 43. The Bible says in the King James Bible, And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. The King James Bible is always very careful to refer to Joseph as Joseph, not his father. Now there's one time in the Bible, and I won't take the time to show you, but there's a time when um, Mary is speaking, and the Bible is quoting what Mary is saying, and Mary uh, refers to Joseph as the father, but obviously Mary was a human being and made a mistake like we all do. But when the Bible, uh, the, the narration in the scripture, it's always very careful to refer to him as Joseph. But, let's look at the New International Version, which is supposedly the Word of God, right? Look at, we'll look at verse number 33. I'll read it for you. Luke chapter number 2 and verse 33. The Bible says, The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Again, is Joseph the father of Jesus Christ? No. The King James Bible is very careful to show us that. The New International Version isn't. So can we trust the New International Version to teach us doctrine? Can the New International Version teach us that Jesus Christ came from God when it's telling us that Jesus Christ had a father whose name was Joseph? Let me show you another verse. John chapter number 1. John chapter number 1, look at verse 14. It should be easy to find. We were, we were in John chapter number 1, verse 14. The Bible says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only be... I want you to remember this word. As of the only begotten of the Father, 
full of grace and truth. Do you remember? We talked about that. Was it, what, what does the word begotten mean? It means to procreate or to generate, uh, especially speaking about a male parent. It means offspring. It means a child. When you beget a son, it means it comes from your mouth. If I were to adopt a son, that would not be my begotten son because I didn't create him. He will still be my son, but not my begotten son. But my two sons that came from uh, from my from me and my, my genes and myself and, and my wife, that is my, those are my begotten children. Does that make sense? John 1.14 says about Jesus Christ that He was the only begotten of the Father. John 3.16, which I read to you, says the same thing. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let me read this verse to you. 1 John chapter number 4. 1 John chapter number 4, and look at verse 9. The Bible says, I want to make sure I have the right scripture here. 1 John chapter number 4, and verse 9, the Bible says, And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. So, Jesus Christ is always referred to as the begotten Son, because He came from God the Father, right? Well, let's look at what the New International Version says. The New International Version version says, John chapter number 1, verse 14, says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. What word was missing there? Did you catch that? The word that was missing was begotten. And it was replaced with this, and only. It says about Jesus Christ that the glory of the one and only. It didn't call Him the begotten Son. It called Him the only Son. Now let me ask you this. Does God only have one Son? The Bible says that when... Remember we read in John chapter 1? As many as received Him to them gave He power to become the sons of God. The Bible says that when you receive Jesus Christ, when you receive the Word of God, you're born again into the family of God. The Bible says that God... Uh, that you're born into His family. He adopts you into His family. The Bible says that God has many children. He has many sons, not just one. He only has one begotten Son. Only Jesus Christ came from God. But I'm the Son tonight. I didn't come from God, but I'm the Son of God. And if you're saved tonight, then you're the Son of God. But according to the New International Version, which really is just a representation of every other version of the Bible out there, because they all have this, these same issues, According to John 1.14, God only has one Son, and that's Jesus Christ. And He's not even begotten of Him. I won't take the time to read the other verses, but they all say the same thing. Every time that the word begotten is taken out, it's replaced with one and only. And that's not true. God has more than one Son. He only has one begotten Son, but He has way more than one Son. Otherwise, none of us are saved. But again, John, the New International Version, wants to... Make Joseph the father of Jesus Christ? And then he it wants to remove every time that it says that God is the father of Jesus Christ. Every time that the Bible says that God was begotten of the Father, the, the New International Version wants to remove that. And say that he wasn't begotten of the Father. See, this is what people think. Oh, the New International Version or a newer version, it's just easier to read. It's the same doctrines, it's the same teaching, it's just easier to read. But obviously that's not true, because we've looked 
We're looking at doctrine that they're changing over and over and over again. Let me, let me read another, another one for you. I mean, there's so many. We could spend all night. And I really, in fact, I'm just going to skip some of these because uh, I think I've made my, my point. Um, let me show you one more in the NIV and then I got, I got something else I want to show you. 1 Corinthians, if you want to go there. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. I've got so many of them. Uh, I really don't want to spend the entire night uh, just showing you all of these. But 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, look at verse 33. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, look at verse 33. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, verse 33. The Bible says, First Corinthians chapter number 14, verse 33. The King James Bible says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches, of the saints. So he says, so it says, I want you to remember this part. For God is not the author of confusion. The Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. The New International Version says this, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Are those the same thing? Confusion and disorder are two different things. And I'm just trying to show you, it's not that the, that is using words that are easier to understand. It's that it's completely just changing doctrines and changing words. Do you understand what I'm saying? You say, well, well, what if I'm not using the NIV? What if, you know, because I'm just trying to use a, a Bible that's going to uh, help me, uh, you know, just have more modern English, what if I was to use the New King James Version? I want to show you, because a lot of people think, well, if I'm not going to use the King James Version, then I'm just going to use the New King James Version, that's okay. And I want to show you this. The New King James Version is just as bad. I just want to show you, uh, I'll just show you one verse, because we're running out of time. But I'll show you one verse out of the New King James Version. And the reason I want to show you another another version is uh, because of this also. They're all like this. All the versions are like this. They, they lie to you and they tell you that they're going to just update, modernize, and, uh, make it easier to understand. But they're going through and they're changing doctrine. I want you to see this one. This one's very interesting. This is in the NIV also, but I'm going to read it to you out of the New King James. Philipp, uh, Philippians chapter number 3. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Philippians chapter number 3. Philippians chapter number 3. And look at verse 6. And I wrote down the wrong verse. I'm sorry. Philippians chapter number 2 and verse 6. Philippians chapter number 2 and verse 6. Philippians chapter number 2 and verse 6. Being all confused with these notes. The Bible says, the, the King James Version says, Philippians chapter number 2 and verse 6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. 
who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. What is that verse talking about? Well, it's saying that, that Jesus Christ, because it's talking about Jesus Christ there, and it's saying that Jesus Christ thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Well, why did, he thought, why did he think it not robbery to be equal with God? Because He is God. If you remember, Jesus is the Word, God is the Word, so Jesus is God. Amen. And you can, uh, you can tell the Jehovah's Witness and the Mormons that, that don't believe that Jesus is God. I showed a, a Jehovah's Witness this verse. He told me, uh, well, well, you know, Jehovah... Is, is not Jesus. Jesus was, was not Jehovah. Jehovah is different. I, I might have been a Mormon who was telling me that. And I went to this verse and I said, look, uh, the Bible says, talking about Jesus Christ, verse 5 says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Remember the Pharisees wanted to kill Jesus because they said he made himself equal with God. Why did he do that? Because he was God. Jesus Christ is God. He's part of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one, is what the Bible says. But let me show you here. Uh, I said I was going to show you the New King James, but I I was wrong. I'm going to show you the the NIV, the New International Version. Like I said, the the NIV is the most widely used, and pretty much they all have a lot of changes that are the same, but the the New International Version is just the, the most widely used. But look at... If, if allow me to read Philippians chapter number two and verse six in the NIV. Well, let me read it in King James so it'll be uh, clear in your mind. It says, "Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God." Philippians two six in the NIV says, "Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped." So according to the NIV, Jesus did not think. That he could grasp equality with God. But the King James says that he didn't think it robbery to be equal with God. The New International Version says that Jesus Christ couldn't be God. The New International Version says that Jesus Christ had a physical father whose name was Joseph. The New International Version says that Jesus Christ was not the Son of the only begotten Son of God, did not come from God, He was just the only Son of God. The New International Version says that I can't be the Son of God because Jesus is the only Son of God. The New International Version says, uh, it just attacks Jesus Christ. You, you say, well no, the NIV and these modern versions are, are there in order to, they just update the English so they make it easier for me to understand. No, it's an attack of Satan and they're changing doctrine. And someone's going to come to you and try to tell you that Jesus isn't God and they're going to take Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 and see, look, Jesus didn't think he could grasp equality with God. When all over the King James Bible, we've already proven it, not just in Philippians 2, 6, but all over we've seen that Jesus is God. Jesus is God. The Word was made flesh. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And these three were one. We've seen all over the Bible. I mean, when you compare Scripture with Scripture and spiritual things with spiritual things, we see that they agree in the King James Bible. Jesus is God. Jesus came from God the Father. Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. But the NIV doesn't agree. And it's not just the Bible there that's going to make it easier for you to understand. It's there to change the doctrine. You say, why does Verity Baptist Church only use the King James Bible? Because we believe when we compare these diamonds together, we can find the true diamond and the fakes. And we can find that the King James Bible is the Word of God. Amen. 
preserved, infallible, without error, just like the Word in the flesh, Jesus Christ. Preserved, infallible, without error. You say you're arrogant to say that. No, you're arrogant to say that God can't preserve His Word. Because if God inspired it, He can preserve it. God can do whatever He wants. If God can create the universe, He can give us His Word, spoken, written, in flesh, and He'll preserve it, He'll inspire it. You say, well, do you think that the King James Bible is the only, the only Bible in the world? No. We've already said it. If you've got two Bibles that are written in English and they don't say the same thing, one says that Jesus is God and the other says that Jesus is the son of Joseph, then obviously one of them is lying to you. That's not to say that this, this word could be preserved and uh, inspired and preserved in a different language. In fact, I believe that we have the Bible in different languages. I believe that we have, uh, you know, and I don't know exactly because obviously I don't speak all these languages, but there could be, uh, a, and I think there, there even is, I, I, I can't tell you for sure, but there could be a perfect Word of God in German. There could be a perfect Word of God in uh, Russian. There could be a perfect Word of God in Spanish or, or in, these, in French and these other languages. Of course there can because God created languages. So we're not saying that God just uh, picked out English and, and said this is, I mean it could be in, in any language, but I will tell you this. God preserved it in the English language because for a long time the English speaking people were the ones who were going out and sending the missionaries and they were the ones that were going out and starting the churches and they were the ones that were going out and preaching the gospel and God made sure that they had their word in, in, in a language that the common man could speak. But this new international version and every other version of the Bible is nothing more than a perversion of the Bible. It's just changing doctrine. It's not updating the English. It's just changing doctrine in order to meet heresy that is being preached today. Heresy like God, like Jesus Christ isn't God. Heresy like you don't need the Bible. Look, I need the Bible to get saved. I need a pure Bible. I need a perfect Bible. Because this Bible is God. Again, I'm not talking about the physical book. I'm not talking about the leather and the ink. I'm talking about the words. This word is God. You kids that are in the service today, understand this. This Bible you hold in your hand is God. Rebecca, Moses, this Bible is God. You understand that? The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This Bible is Jesus Christ. This Bible is God. This Bible was given to us by God. It is God. It's inspired by God. It's preserved by God. And if you believe that, I've got to ask you a question. What do you do with God this week? I mean, if you believe that God gave us His Word, then I've got to ask the question, how much time have you spent this week with God? How much time have you spent this week reading the Word of God? How much time have you spent this week with Jesus Christ? How much time have you spent this week? Hey kids, understand this. This book right here is more important than any other book you could ever read. You say, oh, I, 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 I want to read books for school and I want to read books for this. Read this book before you read any other book. Because this book is the only book that comes from God. Amen. This book is the only book that can teach you salvation. This book is the only book that can teach you wisdom for life, for marriage, for the future, for your finances, for how to be a good person. This book right here Amen. is God. It's not just the words of God. It is God. And if we change God, then we have nothing. This is, this is the book we need. It's great to know, I have great security in knowing that I have the Word of God in my hands. 
I have great security in knowing every day I can open up this book and I can read the words of God. I have great security in knowing that I can, uh, just like we did just earlier, earlier this service for our prayer meeting, that we can get on our knees and we can bow our heads and we can speak to God and I can tell God what I need and I can, and I can pray to God and He will answer me through His book, through His Word. I have great security in that. But not if I don't read it. I can, I can yell and scream about having the Word of God all day, but if I don't read it, it's as valuable as this piece of junk. Because I ain't getting nothing from this. This thing isn't teaching me doctrine. But if I don't open this thing, it's not teaching me any doctrine either. And I want to challenge you tonight. You say, I like Verity Baptist Church. It's a small church and it's just starting out. It's kind of different. It's meeting in a house. But I like it because they, they, cause, cause I want to learn truth. Well, you're never going to learn truth if you don't open up the truth. You've got to open up the Bible. I'm just telling you right now. You've got to, you say, well, what do you mean read the Bible? I'm, I'm talking about you wake up in the morning, you open it, and you read it. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I, I don't really understand. Look, it's this easy. You wake up in the morning... You open your Bible and you start reading. You say, well, well, how long do I read it? You just read it. You know, I like to, to read. I have, I have a schedule. I have a, a little Bible schedule that I made. I can give it to you. Uh, and it's designed for you to be able to read the Bible through in one year. If you've never read the Bible through completely, do that. Hey, you kids, you can do that. It takes about 15 minutes a day. Uh, and I've, I've heard these kids read. They read better than most adults. And it takes about 15 minutes a day. You can read for the, through the entire Bible in one year. Imagine if you did that every year of your life. Look, if you did that every year of your life, you read the Bible more times than the average pastor does in America. I hear pastors talk and they say they read the Bible in Bible college as part of class. I, I like, you know, me and my wife try to read the Bible through a few times a year. You say that's impossible. It's not impossible. If you open it and read it every day. You say, well, I, if I read it, I don't understand it. The more you read it, the more you'll understand it. But God will give you something. And you'll learn something. And you'll understand things. And you'll go through John. And you'll be reading John. And, and maybe the first few times you won't understand it. But then you'll start reading, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And then you'll get over to John, uh, to First John. And you'll see that the Word was part of the Trinity. And then you'll be in Matthew. And you'll see that, that the Word is Jesus Christ. And you'll start putting things together as you read the Bible. You'll start growing spiritually as you read the Bible. You'll start getting excited about the Bible as you read the Bible. You know why you don't get excited about the Bible? It's because you're not reading the Bible. You know why you're not excited about churches? because you're not reading the Bible. If you read the Word of God, it'd grab you. It's, the Bible says that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And we've got it in our hands. We have, I'm, I'm literally holding God in my hands. All the wisdom I need for all my life's issues, all the wisdom I need to get through life, I have right here. And the problem is, we never open it, and we never read it. And I want to challenge you tonight. I just want to challenge you. you say, if there's any part of the sermon you didn't understand, ask me after the service. Here at Ready Baptist Church, we believe that the King James Bible is the Word of God. But more than just believing that, I want to challenge you to do this. Read it. Read the Bible. You've got